T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Refresh, now with up to 45% off top-rated laptops, like the XPS, along with our special deals on business desktops with Intel Core processors. Get big savings on the latest servers, storage, monitors, and more with free shipping and special financing with Dell Business Credit. Upgrade today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Seven cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Donate your car today at carsforkids.org. That's cars with a K. Your car, running or not, can be picked up as soon as the next day. No title, no problem. With gas prices at all-time highs, now's the time to donate. one cars for kids K-A-R-S, cars for kids one cars for kids Donate your car today. With your donation, you'll receive a tax deduction and vacation voucher. So donate today. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-KARS for Kids. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! And a high fly ball deep to right field. Forget about it. Another three-run home run for the Bills. Might as well finish off June like you started it. Seriously, 12 wow. home runs in the month of June for Kyle Schwarber. And the Phillies lead it 10-1. to That is your National League Player of the Month, Kyle Schwarber. And... Before we get to uh, just an incredible profile of an absolute local baseball gem, I wanted to play that and talk to you about Schwarber for a moment. You remember, I'm sure everybody remembers, but if you don't, when Kyle was drafted out of Indiana 
and he was playing uh, single A ball. Um, people started to talk about it because he was tearing up A ball. And I was at a party with an executive, a couple of Cubs executives, and I said, hey, this kid Schwarber is really tearing it up. And the exec with a drink in his hand turned to me and said, he's Babe effing Ruth. And I was like, what? Oh, what? That's that's high praise. And I came back and shared that with some score teammates, and we talked about it and laughed about it. And then it got talked about on the air. It comes out later that Stan Zielinski, the late Stan Zielinski, a great scout, is the one who found Kyle Schwarber at Indiana and st- literally got on the table in the Cubs draft room and said, we need to get this kid. He's babe effing Ruth. Like, he just fell in love with Schwarber's stance, his demeanor, the quietness at the plate. And obviously, his career has not lived up to such things, and that was used in both excited terms and derisive terms during his Cubs run. But Kyle Schwarber now, in the month of June is the Babe Ruth of June. And if you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about, he has 458 career at-bats in June. He has 47 homers. In the month of June, in his career now, he's averaged one homer every 9.74 at-bats. That is number one among all players in Major League Baseball history with at least 400 career at-bats. He's just ahead of Babe effing Ruth who had a homer every 10.63 at-bats in his career in June. Kyle Schwarber is the home run king of the month of June ahead of Babe and Ruth. That tickled me. That dude is mashing. It's so interesting. Maybe you heard Albert Almora this week talking with our Bruce Levine about the complicated nature of, of Cubs hitting instruction and just hitting instruction in general and how there were some dark times for young Almora as a Cub Because he was trying to do everything. He was trying to be a power hitter, but also trying to be a contact hitter. And Schwarber struggled with that as well. Sometimes a contact hitter because he had those kind of skills. Sometimes a power hitter. And there was a while there where they wanted everybody to do what Anthony Rizzo could do best while he was here. Which is be Tony Gwynn for the first two strikes and then be Babe Ruth for the third strike. So, didn't work for Almora. Didn't work for Schwarber. Right now, Schwarber, as unlocked by the hitting coach Kevin Long in Washington last year, and now Kevin Long is there with Kyle Schwarber in Philly. Kyle Schwarber is bombing the ball. May never hit for the average that people dreamed of, may never be Babe F and Ruth, but he is destroying the ball with that absurd power stroke, and it's uh, kind of fun to watch. All right, it's Hit and Run. Matt Spiegel here with you. There is a glorious article in yesterday's Chicago Sun-Times. Frankly, it's exactly what a local newspaper profile should be. You, you find somebody who maybe people don't know their entire full story or maybe you've heard bits and pieces of the story and you map it all out. You get it all out there along with the personal, the professional, great photos in this thing. I, I mean... It made me want to go and get the hard copy of the Chicago Sun-Times. Um, and that is, it, it, sadly, it is saying something. But, my God, I'm, I'm still taking my time with this thing. I'm still not done with it. We bring in Steve Greenberg right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Because this article about Ron Coomer, Ron Coomer's sentimental journey, is just gorgeous. Steve, you know when you get your hands on a long profile piece like this, and you could tell it's so good and there's so much love in it that you're like, 
I'm just going to read slow. And when you have kids and you have a life, you're like, all right, I'm going to go back to it a little bit more. I'm still not done with it, man. That's how much I'm enjoying it. Well, you, you just made me really glad I did it because that was nice. <laughs> I appreciate it, Speaks. And, and uh, I know that, you know, Coomer was happy with it and Pat Hughes and he talked about it on the radio broadcast last night. That made me happy. It was, it was, it was great. Uh, you know, it's a very much a – a Chicago story. And I think if you grew up anywhere in the city, any, you know, any neighborhood outside of downtown, you, you, you can, you can point to the, to the hot dog stand. You can point to the pizza place and, and the, and the nearby park with baseball diamonds and kind of build out from there. And, and with Coomer, it was just like that. I mean, the Southwest side neighborhood clearing so much character, you know, yeah. old places, old joints, old, old, old parks old houses and, and you just go. And, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Coomer was great, very accommodating, uh, kind of got more into it as we went, turned into a long fun day. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, it really did. And you could tell, and like, you know, and having had a chance to work with Ron a bit, he's just, he's just such a gem. He likes to say about people, Oh, him, he's a 10, you know? So Coomer's a, Coomer's a 10. Um, right. and, and so the fact that it got so personal here with, with his dad, so much stuff with his dad. I mean, like, like so, like just like most of us with baseball, it's about our parents and the connection of it. I love that his dad was such a good athlete and was so competitive when he would hit endless fungos to Coom, like way up high and deep, make him go catch the ball. It's a good way to learn to not be afraid of the ball. But the fact that I think Cooper said something like, "It wasn't until after high school that he found competition tougher than his dad." You know, right. I mean, and, and that's 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 not the only way to do it. But, man, that's one way to make a ball player, isn't it? Right. For sure. I mean, they, listen, when, you know, a lot of guys say, oh, my dad was, you know, big and strong. He, he, he liked to throw weights around. He was a he was a boxer. He was a bodybuilder. I mean, you saw that photo. Right. Yeah. And it looks great in the paper, by the way. I heard you mention the print product, which does indeed exist. <laughs> uh, and, and we've got a big shot of of the old man here and my goodness, the gun show, this guy was put together. Um, and, and yes, he would try to hit it over his tiny spindly 10 year old kid's head. And it was up to Ronnie to go get it hmm. to track it down and make the catch and make a good throw back in. And they worked hard and, um, father was intense and I'm not going to, you know, overstep what, what, what I know, but I think probably, uh, he could be, you know, intense enough to be a little intimidating. It was, it was, Coomer wanted to impress him all the time, didn't want to let him down. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a shame that, you know, the, the, not the relationship as much as just the, uh, you know, the larger than life nature of, of, of his dad diminished uh, in later years the way it did. But yeah, yeah. that also happens. That's life. And a lot of people can relate to that. You yeah. Know, some level of dysfunction. At home, you know, good luck finding someone who doesn't have any experience with some of that. And, and Coomer did, too. And that's all part of a just a kid's story as he grows up and and uh, and eventually had to kind of take it all on the baseball by himself and was more than up to the task. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like there's there's elements in this, obviously, and, and, and him opening up about what made him the kind of person he is and the kind of ball player he is too, the kind of teammate that he was like his dad had dealt with some mental illness, dad dealt with some self-medicating. Um, and, and Coom is open about that. I'd, I've always known him to be 
a great teammate, even as a broadcaster, just right there for you, you know, like times that I've had a chance to work with him and I'm super nervous and he just, he just makes you feel better. And we know that he does that for Pat. We know that he does that for Zach Zaidman, who, who loves him and sings the praises. And he did that for teammates. He once told me a story about Kevin Brown struggling in L.A. as a Dodger and they're like, oh, let, let's, you know, come on, guys. we got to pick him up. Don't make fun of him. Don't make him feel ostracized. Let's take him out or something. You tell the story of Coomer as a senior in high school running laps with a misbehaving teammate. And as you put it, in that simple interaction, changing the kid's trajectory. That's the same thing, man. It's the same thing. As a teammate, you see somebody struggling. You don't leave them ostracized. You go talk to them, see what you can do. That matters. And he's done that his whole life, hasn't he? I think so. It's the same thing. You know, Coomer's got a, a, a nephew who, who works at Wrigley Field. He's got in his restaurant, you know, we, we're, we're sitting at a table at his restaurant. Here comes the food. It's his cousin. So I think he looks out for people. I think that's part of his nature. I also think that's part of the learned experience of someone who's trying to keep things together yep. at home. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, Ron told me that, that his dad would go to the VA hospital for some form of treatment. Treatment he, you know, he, he wasn't uh, uh, extremely receptive to at all. So maybe getting him there was a bit of a task. But Ronnie would go with him. Now, whether that means as an underage kid he was driving him there, we know that they drove together. That's part of the story. Or, or just needed to go to get him there. And then, you know, needed to do that for his mom and his sister. I think that all was, was you know, part of the reality of the Coomers and of, of Ron's life and the way he saw his role in it. Uh, and he is that guy. And he was that guy to me, you know. Uh, I mean, he's got a game tonight. Well, when is he going to shed this uh, this annoying reporter and get on with his day? But, you know, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And, uh wanted to make sure I got what I was there for. And so I found him to be a really giving guy. You know him to be that because you work with him. And and I think everybody sees him that way. That's who he is. That's why Pat Hughes loves him and calls him his favorite partner ever, right? Why they've never had a crossword in all these years working together. Um, it takes two, but, you know, but, but Ronnie is clearly, he's that way. And not that I, you know, not that I don't think he could get his, his, uh, Back up, you know, if, if so, I mean, I think he's got that side of him too. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a competitive dude and a tough guy, uh, but he's a nice man. Yeah. And, and I sure appreciate that. I, 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 I didn't know the story of Pat Hughes calling him and saying, Hey, you know, the Cubs job is open, right? You know, and, 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 it's, and Pat Hughes tells you, I needed a new partner. And literally, he was the first person I thought of. Um, and it, it's yeah. just. That's that's beautiful when you see like a life of of hard work and kindness, um, like Coom has led, be rewarded by somebody noticing and saying, "Hey, I want to come work with you." It's beautiful stuff. Um, last thing for you, and we're with Steve Greenberg from the Sun Times, who wrote this incredible piece about Ron Coomer. Um, I don't know if all this stuff has ever been in one place before, you know. And and this is a town where broadcasters go down and as as legends, and we know everything about Ron Santos' life. We know everything about about Harry's life and, uh, you know, stuff like that. I feel like I feel like this is the first complete Coomer story that uh, that exists. Do you know that to be true? Well, uh, there was a a good, you know, long ish trib story by uh, Bill Rosenthal 
a few years back on Coomer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and that was the only thing I saw sort of in this vein. Um, I had, you know, uh, uh, originally asked for four pages while riding around with Coomer. I texted my sports editor, said, I'm going to need more than that. <laughs> you know, try to try to give me six at least if you can. And I was taking photos and, you know, I'm, I'm, come on, speak. I'm, I'm just an old, I'm taking photos of my old million versions, old iPhone. I have no idea if they're going to turn out. I figured they'd be horrible. I was scared to death all day about that, but they turned out really good. This thing could have been even longer. So um, I I have to say, and I know this isn't where you were going, but I appreciate the fact that there's just a a, a format for a story like this in this town, this for Saturday product we have, you know, it's been 40 pages. It's been as, as low as I think 32, but at least 32 on Saturdays uh, to to have a sports section that can accommodate a story like this for an old magazine guy like me, this is, you know, my favorite uh, thing that ever comes up in this job is the ability to do a story like this and, and, and let it live and breathe in print and online. But, you know, uh, uh, you don't find this anywhere else, uh, a section like this, the one that we have on Saturday. So yep. thank goodness we do. Yep, totally agree. And uh, it's definitely a, a big part of why I wanted to shine the light on it. Great stuff, Steve. Happy holidays to you and and your family. And, um, you know, let's let, let's each text our, our, our mutual friend with um, just glowing tributes of how much we enjoyed this conversation because he wasn't in it. Should we do that when we're done here? What do you think? <laughs> That's always something to celebrate. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Happy holidays to you and everybody listening. I appreciate it. Hey, Steve, you too. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. It's uh, Steve Greenberg from the Chicago Sun-Times. We have, we have a mutual friend who's a lovely guy, um, and so I think I'll immediately text him and tell him how, much, how great it was to talk to Steve without, without Rich being there. Um, good morning, everybody. It's Matt Spiegeler with you on Hit and Run. Go find that article. It is just so absolutely delicious. Cody Decker at noon. Um, Chris Kamka will get his camp connected to wrap up the show at about 11.40 or so. Up next, let's go down on the farm with some of the Cubs prospects and figure out who can help maybe soon and what some of the big guys and important guys are doing at this moment. We'll do that Mick Gillespie of the Smokies next on The School. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Here we go again. The 3-2. Swing and a miss. Got him. Got him. Ball game over. It's a no-hitter at Smokey Stadium. The second time this year. 
and they pile out of the dugout and they head to the mound to celebrate. The start of the second half is one that we'll never forget. That is the beginning of the second half for the Tennessee Smokies, and it's their second combined no-hitter on the season, as called by our next guest, Mick Gillespie, the broadcaster for the Tennessee Smokies and the Cubs system, who joins us right now on the Circle Resort and Casino Hotline, Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Good morning, Mick. Thanks for the time. How are you? Speaks, man. You must know me. You got my Grateful Dead playing. I was at Wrigley for the two shows, and then I came back and I got to call no hitter. <laughs> like you mixed it all in one for me, brother. Thank oh, you. You got it. There you go. That must have been fun, huh? How was Dead and Company this time? I was there last year, but not this year. It was awesome, man. We had pit seats or standing, whatever you know. And as uh, as the concerts went on, like I I just thought this is a once in a lifetime thing, you know, because working in baseball, you know, this, we don't get a lot of time off. I just took the time off and I loved it. I got to do it with uh, some of my best friends I went to college with. We're all big deadheads. So, uh, and Wrigley, I told Tom Ricketts, I just saw him last week. Um, the, the venue is really cool for concerts. I would have never thought that. And oh. that's kind of why I wanted to check it out, but it was great. Yeah, no, it, it, it absolutely is. And it was that your first concert there. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, you know, like normally it's like I got, I go from baseball to football. So, you know, I don't really have like weekends off. You know, yeah. I made it happen. Good but for it was good, great. Good for you. Good for you, man. Yeah. No, I think it's wonderful for, for concerts there. It's like, and, and you're walking around. It's like, I remember seeing fish there and I'm like standing in a deep shortstop listening to Chalk Dust Torture. <laughs> I was so damn happy. Um, and there'll be more concerts coming up. Um, I'm actually going to be covering some of them, uh, I think, for Marquee, doing that on the Marquee like we did. So Zach Brown Band this week, Chris Stapleton in a couple of weeks, Lady Gaga's coming. Yeah, but, but none of that is why we called, Mick. None of it. I know. But um, but nice to talk about it all with you. Um, all right, so you've seen some guys that should matter um, down there. Um, who? Let's start with the no hitter. Anderson Espinosa pitched the first five innings. I'm old enough to remember when he was a big time Red Sox prospect in his teens, and then he got hurt and didn't pitch at one point for what, like almost three full seasons, I believe he did not pitch. Um, saw the uh, the Cubs debut earlier this year. How does Espinosa look right now as he throws down there? Well, look, I, I was honestly really surprised because he's been really bad. I mean, his earned run average is almost nine. He has a tough time throwing strikes. Uh, you see flashes of, 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 of good stuff, but it's been far and few between. I mean, like not even really that many good innings. And then, you know, he goes to Chicago and I thought, well, he's on the 40 man and they, they had to give him, you know, they needed somebody. And, uh, and then he would come back and then he would be bad again. And so, you know, I was kind of wondering, like, you know, who is this guy? And maybe, you know, you're trying to come back from two Tommy Johns and all these seasons missed. And then um, that that day on Tuesday, I saw it. I was like, okay, yeah, just like you're saying. Like, this is what everybody's been telling me about. The, the, the changeup was awesome. The breaking ball was, I mean, like, they couldn't hit it. He's got a great fastball. He was mixing his pitches. He was staying ahead of guys. If he pitches like that, Man, the Cubs are going to have something really special with him. And I'm sure, like you said, I mean, he was one of the most sought-after prospects coming out of Venezuela, you know, back when the Red Sox got him. I think he was, like, the highest paid ever, right, for a mm-hmm. while. Yep. And so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, it, it's been a long time coming. I'll put it like that. But I was really happy for him. That's cool. Um, it's some arms that you have in the bullpen, I'll ask you about, too. Burl Caraway. 
who two years ago, a draftee um, for the Cubs, and then Ryan Jensen, who I know can throw very, very hard, the right-hander. Tell me about those guys and what their season has been like so far, Mick. Uh, Caraway, you know, still trying to find uh, consistent strike throwing, has a lot of movement, um, you know, still trying to find himself. But, you know, you, you kind of see it in, in uh, flashes where he's putting guys out and throwing strikes. And then Jensen pitched last night. He started the season in the rotation, uh, was having trouble. They took him out and they worked with him and then they brought him back in. And then, and, and basically it's like kind of a new format now. If you've got a prospect, and they're not doing what the team thinks that they should do. They'll just pull them out, send them to Arizona. They'll work on things, which I think is a great concept. I don't know why they didn't think of this before. You know, instead of just grinding out through an entire season, they'll send you back and work on a certain skill. And for him, it was being able to repeat his delivery, being a little bit cleaner. And then he came back, and, you know, and then the first, I don't know, four games, he was awesome he did great in the first two innings last night and then you know and kind of fell off after that so I'm not sure what it's going to look like long term but Ryan Jensen throws hard he's got he's got a ton of movement he's a really good kid and he's someone that you're definitely pulling for you know if I, if I was looking at the Cubs and, and kind of how things are as they try to develop pitching which they've had a trouble uh, a lot of trouble doing over the years you know uh, since Theo took over it's that they're they're so worried about guys getting hurt and so stuck on pitch counts that you know and, and innings counts that you don't see them developing pitching like the teams that let guys go like the White Sox who are in this league that I cover you know the the Braves the Rays you know their guys go out there and throw and and the one guy that they did that with is Javier Assad who just got promoted to AAA and he I'm looking at him and I'm going okay you finally developed a starter. Like, this guy could go out there. He's going to throw strikes. I, I don't know. I guess because he's not a prospect, maybe. You know, like, he's not on the list. Maybe he was just under the radar. But hmm. I would take that example if I was them, and I would apply that to all of their starters because they've done an awesome job of developing relievers. And I think you're going to keep on seeing more really good relievers coming. But there's just not many starters that I look at, and it's been like this for a long time now, and go, okay, yeah, you know, here comes – Kyle Hendricks you know he's really like the last one that I was like yeah this guy's gonna get there you know or Caleb Killian but remember he was developed by the Giants right no this is interesting Mick because this is and with the state of starting pitching in MLB that guys are not often expected to go into the sixth let alone after the sixth you're 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 talking about proof positive that they're not trained that way or allowed to think that way and develop that way um, on their way up. Um, you know, you mentioned the White Sox are down there, so so you've got Birmingham down in that um, in, in that league, and you know, so Lenin Sosa came right up from Double A. Um, Michael Harris the second for the Braves came right up from Double A. Um, uh, Jack Suwinski, the Pirates uh, player, the local kid, came up from Double A. I have seen it um, and said it myself. The Double A is is the new Triple A. It isn't entirely, but why are some hitters being taken directly from Double A into the majors with the thought process that they've already seen some of the best? Well, what about Christopher Morrell? Right? I yep. mean, he came straight up from the Smokies to yep. the big leagues. Yep. Uh, I, I I I think because you have so many hard throwers here that if that guy is throwing hard here and throwing strikes and being successful, that pitcher is probably going to not spend a lot of time in AAA. He's going to be in the big leagues, right? So I just, I've always felt like AAA is more of, 
you're you're like, hey, look, here's the guys that are going to fill in when you need someone, and double A's where you really put your like superstar prospects, and you keep them there and and kind of develop them. I guess that's why. Hmm. Uh, but every player is so different, though. You know, like like what one guy might not you know might not struggle hitting uh, velo, and another guy might. You know, so if if you're a guy who is swinging at a lot of pitches out of the strike zone, like Alexander Canario. You get the tri- triple A is going to be a challenge for him yeah. until he's able to kind of find his plate discipline. But you take Nelson Velasquez, who's got excellent plate discipline, uh, and eventually he's going to be better than Morel in the big leagues. Eventually he's going to be a, 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 a staple for the Cubs. I think he's a really good player. And a lot of that is because he's able to take walks and identify balls from strikes. But triple A, it's not as much of a challenge to him because hmm. they're, they're more experienced guys. They just don't throw as hard. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that's why. Nelson Velasquez in the lineup and in right field today for the Cubs in their finale with the Red Sox. Um, good moment for Velasquez yesterday when he pinch ran for Wilson Contreras and advanced on a wild pitch and scored on a, uh, on a sacrifice fly for a big um, run. And he and, um, as you know, he and Christopher Morell are very, very tight. I'm enjoying this, Mick. Let me ask you about a couple more guys before we get out of here. You talked about Alexander Canario. Um, so he's with Caleb Killey and the other part of that Bryant trade, still struggling with the strike zone. How are the other skills for him? Look, I like him. I mean, I think he's scratching the surface, but it's just not there yet. You know, like he's going to have to figure out how to stay away from the, uh, you know, the middle away slider. But last year with Morrell, there were a bunch of problems and he got it all figured out. The Cubs did a great job of developing him. I mean, he couldn't hit inside below at all last year. That's where they were targeting him uh, every game. Uh, he was uh, not a very smart baseball player, had a, a terrible baseball IQ, running at the wrong times, you know, being in the wrong spot in the outfield. And I'll tell you what, he turned it around, and you see what the result is and what he's doing in the big leagues right now. So Canario hits for power. Um, he's a great defender. He's a really smart player. He can run the bases. So really the, the only thing that I see from him is just trying to become more, uh, become more disciplined at the plate. And when that happens, uh, all the other skills are there. And, and I look at the Cubs as a system. There's a guy named Darius Hill, who I love, that's in AAA. I don't know that Hill's going to be, you know, a superstar, but he's going to be in the big leagues, in my opinion, and going to be there for a long time. You know, he, he kind of reminds me of a better-hitting Sam Fold, you know, like where he's <laughs> just a really smart baseball guy. And, and he goes to AAA, and he's batting like 400 right now. So, he hit 300 for the Smokies, got a little bit of pop in his bat, gets on base. I think he's a guy that you could see in the big leagues right now uh, sometime soon. But there's a lot of outfielders that are going to be pushing for spots. And I'm guessing that the Cubs are going to trade away a bunch of guys off this team. Yeah. And you're going to see some players sooner than later. Yeah, I, I think I think some of these – uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, Rafael Ortega and, and some guys like that going to probably get, get moved, and then we'll see some of those young players we're talking about. Um, Miguel Amaya, I know he's just back from Tommy John surgery, and he's DHing in Arizona. Um, but, uh, you know, you've seen him before. What, what, is, this, is this somebody Cub fans can still be excited about, thinking about a, a Wilson Contreras-less future at the catcher position? Yeah. Yeah, look, I don't know. I mean – I'm trying to figure that out too. Like I see him, you know, and he was here last year and he's got the body and and everything like the the natural stuff is there, but you've got to go out there and perform on the field, you know? So I'd say 50, 50 for me, if you were like wanting me to bet, I, I could see it happening 
But there's going to be a, a push. I was talking about this last night with some of the catchers that the Smokies have. And, and there's going to be a push when they trade Contreras, you know, for that, that spot. You know, so if I was him or any of these other guys, uh, I'd be working hard every day to get there because last season, you know, we saw it with uh, Castillo and Payne both getting to the big leagues. I would have never thought that. So uh, Wyndham's a good catcher that the Smokies have right now. Wenson can catch a little bit. And, uh, you know, and both guys are good behind the plate. Um, but he's the star talent, you know, so we'll see what he comes back with and, and if he's able to uh, to rebound. But last year, you know, I wasn't totally sold on him. Mm. And then where do we stand with, with Braylon Marquez um, and, and, and the dream of, of that big-time left-handed arm uh, being on the Cubs at, at some point soon? Yeah, look, I, I don't know because I've never seen him in double A. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't been here. So, I mean, I, I saw him in spring training, um, you know, and he's got some issues and, you know, hopefully he gets those figured out. But when you can throw 100 miles an hour and you've got movement like he does, it's not like it's, it's going to take a long time to ter- turn things around. But there's a, there's a bunch of other guys now. See, the, when, you know, a couple years ago it was like you had Amaya and Marquez and, yeah. and, and Davis, right? And you're like, that was it. It was a really bad farm system. And, uh, and now I'm looking at it and I'm going, you know what? If those guys don't develop, there's five or six more dudes that are going to be there um, and take that spot. You know, give, I'll give you an example. For a long time at first base, the Cubs had no one. I mean, we had like backup catchers playing first base for us for years. Right. Now you got Bryce, you got, was, you got Bryce Ball there with you among many, many others in this system and at the big Well, Matt Mervis, Matt yes. Mervis, a guy that they signed, you know, that, that wasn't signed in 2020. The guy's hit like 20 home runs and he's got 70 runs batted in, in the minor league. He's going to be a big leaguer. And, and it's like, you're right, between Ball and Mervis at first base, I mean, you legitimately have two prospects in that same spot, and they're going back and forth. It reminds me of when the Cubs were developing catchers, and they had Kyle Schwarber, and they had Wilson Contreras going back and forth every day. You know, like one guy's DH and one guy's uh, behind the plate. So th- that's what I'm talking about with depth in the system. You know, you look through and you're like, well, what about Marquez? Well, if he's not there, well, Hughes is there. You know, he can do it. Hudson's there, you know, and then then a bunch of other guys. There's a guy named Correa down here that throws like a hundred and gets outs, you know? So you mix that with what they've already sent the triple a, what we have here. And then I talked to Jed Hoyer on Wednesday and he said, look, that the team in, um, uh, in Myrtle beach is like the best team in minor league baseball. They have a bunch of arms. So it, it's a good sign for the Cubs in the future that there's a wave of players that are heading that way. So I'm excited to say that because if you would have asked me that, you know, a year and a half ago, yeah. I would have said, hey, you know what, don't, don't hold your breath. All right. <laughs> I, I, I lied. Last thing here. Um, Christopher Morrell, obviously just a, an absolute breath of fresh air and a delight. Um, and then in terms of the success, he went through a 16 game stretch where it seemed like he'd been kind of figured out by MLB 45% K rate. The OPS was at like five ten over a 16 game stretch. He has bounced back. He's adjusted back, moved down on the lineup, 11 game stretch of hitting like three twenty seven with power and good at bats. That's a great sign. There's so maybe, do you think he's going to be a guy who goes back down and is an up and down? It doesn't seem like it. I love seeing the adjustment by him he's one of the biggest I, I i said this all the time and anyone that knows me down here including our manager and you know doug desenzo i told him this i couldn't figure out if he was going to be alfonso soriano or junior lake 
you know, because he, both of those guys have these amazing physiques. They have all the tools. Well, one guy was a star outfielder, right, who I loved watching. And then one guy was kind of a bust, right? And, and he was – I couldn't figure it out. And then he got to the major leagues, and I'm going to steal this from, from Darius Hill, but the big leagues are, are more made for him than the minor leagues. And I, and I haven't seen – I mean, that might be the first time I've ever said that about a player, but the speed of the game – him getting the influence of Willie talking to him and, and helping coaching him up and some of the other guys on the team that have taken him under his wing and kind of, hey, here's how you do this. Here's how you run the bases. You know, you're down a run in the ninth. You can't get thrown out on the bases. you got to let your guys hit, you know, whatever it is. And the last few games that he played in AA, it was like just seeing him blossom. So I, I think that he can hang. I mean, I really do. I, I don't know if – I still don't – know that he's going to be an Alfonso Soriano but you know what even if he falls somewhere in the middle between uh, Alfonso Soriano and Junior Lake that that's a good big league player so I, I've been shocked honestly to see how easy it's been for him now that he's starting to struggle they're going to figure him out a little bit he'll make adjustments but I think he's going to put the work in to do that and he's just got the natural ability where I think that he'll figure it out. I think he'll be there for a while. Hey, Mick, thanks so much. This was great stuff. Really appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mick. Go listen to the dead before your ball game. Appreciate you. I will. Okay. <laughs> Let's make the last of the Tennessee Smokies. We'll come back and get cam connected before we get out of here on it and run on the school. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. love to get myself cam connected it makes my baseball world so good and chris camp the sultan of stat from nbc sports chicago joins us on the circle resort and casino hotline circle resort and casino in las vegas home of the world's largest sports book chris i said it at the top of the show this might be the most mutually positive moment for the 2022 season of hit and run and of baseball i mean good wins for both of these teams on the weekend so far against viable opposition. Pretty fun. Yeah, so then tell Kampka to come on and ruin it with some negative notes. Never, ever, no, ever. No, no, no. Just, just perspective, baby. That's all. You bring perspective, and I love it and appreciate it. All right, well, thanks for that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, where do you want to start this week? You want to start on the north side or south side? Well, I mean, here's the thing. 19 straight games against the division starting tomorrow for the White Sox. And they've played clean the past couple nights. But if they don't start hitting bombs the way they need to, the way they are designed to do, and the way that summer usually allows, they're going to have a tough stretch over these 19 games, aren't they? They are. And the encouraging thing is, look look at across the majors. So, Teams are hitting home runs every 40.9 plate appearances in April. That went to 34.9 in May, 31.8 in June, and 25.6 over two days so far in July. So 
we're hoping that the White Sox are going to catch that bug. And when they do, I mean, you know, they're playing, they're pitching well enough to get these wins. And they're definitely making enough contact to get these wins. So you add the power to the mix, it's going to be time to strike. And um, hopefully that begins. But as of now, nobody has nobody has double-digit homers on the White Sox, which is very strange. It's the first time they've entered July without a 10-homer guy since 1979. Wow. wow. And, and in addition to that, Aaron Judge might hit 30 before anyone on the White Sox hits 10. And 1979 is also the last time that happened. Mike Schmidt beat Claudel Washington to the punch. <clears throat> Claudel Washington, by the way, hit those three homers to give him 10 on July 14th, which was the last game of the Disco Demolition Series. <clears throat> <clears throat> that is amazing. That is amazing. Go ahead. And another fun note on Claudel Washington. Please. He's the third guy in Major League history to have a three-homer game in both the American League and National League. The first two were Babe Ruth and Johnny Mize. Wow. And Johnny Mize is um, distantly related to Babe Ruth's second wife, so there's a connection there. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that I dream of when I look down at my, my shared Google Doc and I see Chris Kapka. That's amazing. Johnny Mize, the big cat. It's a hell of a player with with a with a hell of a resume, but I didn't know no, he was related to Babe Ruth. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, the White Sox are fourth to last in home runs in the big leagues. It's crazy, and that's an amazing stat about thirty and ten. Um, wow. Well, you know, time is now. Time is now. Moncada is here. Uh, Eloy is probably coming this week, don't you think? He's played. Uh, he's played a lot. Yeah. in Charlotte. Yeah, it, se- it seems like it. And I think this weekend is is the poor indicator of power because nobody's hitting home runs at this park in San Francisco. I mean, I've seen some balls clubbed and they just yes. don't leave. No, you're right. Especially at night. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. And Andrew Vaughn, that's Andrew Vaughn's home ballpark. I think he's been hitting the hell out of the ball with not a lot to show for it. Although he did have uh, the double that set up the big win on Friday. Um, all right, so we'll be watching that. And then on the Cubs front, um, what do we got on the Cubs front this week, sir? The Cubs are just very strange. I mean, so if, if you look, go into um, that June 17th game against Atlanta, they had a streak of 150 games, a span of 150 games, in which they've had a 12-11 and a 10-game losing streak. And riding a 10-game losing streak, they beat the Braves, who are on a 14-game winning streak, which is, to me is one of the most amazing things all year. Hmm. And then that starts a 15-game streak where, you know, they started with those two wins and they finished it with so far with these last two wins against the Red Sox, who were 20-6 and six in June. <laughs> And just on paper, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think the most frustrating thing about the Cubs this season is they have the second worst winning percentage against teams currently under 500. Wow. They're 15 and 21 against teams currently under 500. That's only you know only topped by the Nationals, who were 17 and 24. Wow. So you know if they were beating the teams that they should be beating. They might be, you know, somewhere near 500 or a little better. <laughs> and so it's just, a, you know, you see them do well against these good teams, and then it's just a frustrating in that respect. It's just strange. But that's that's why we love baseball, because you just never know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And 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 But having an opportunity to see them against good teams lets you see David Ross manage against good teams in, in what feel like big games, even though, of course, in the standings they are technically not. Um, that's been kind of fun to watch. Um, Kamka, you're the best. I, I started the hour talking about Ron Coomer, just a beautiful profile 
of Lockport's Ron Coomer, a Cubs legend, and had a pretty interesting career, too, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, it's a long, winding road to get to the majors. Yes. You know, guy from around here, just a just a great person from all accounts. And I've, I've crossed paths with, him, passed with him a few times, and he was just super nice and friendly and just a, just a great guy. Um, he, I mean, look at a major league career, and he has a home run against two different guys who had over 4,500 strikeouts. So his first home run was against Randy Johnson, as many people know. He also hit one off Roger Clemens. Wow. So he hit two of his home runs are against guys who combined for 9,547 strikeouts. And he was kind of – he and uh, he had exactly as many home runs as a Hall of Famer, Rod Carew. I mean, all right, that wasn't Carew's game, but he had the same amount of home runs. <laughs> you can never take that away from him. He also had the same amount – same career – number of triples is Mike Piazza, another Hall of Famer. Again, not Piazza's game, but hey, same amount as a Hall of Famer. Eight. <laughs> uh, did you know that did you know that um Ron Coomer appeared at Wrigley Field in David Ortiz's major league debut? Wow. No Yeah, I it was at Wrigley. September second, nineteen ninety seven. So it's kinda like a you know, a lot of fun stories along the ride. He got to the majors, had himself a nice career. What a great story that was too. Yeah. And in the paper. Absolutely beautiful story. And Coomer, I'm sure, has great stories about all of those people and all of those moments that um that you just brought up. Maybe not um on Mike Piazza triples, but I bet he can tell you about homering off the rocket uh, and Randy Johnson. I'll have to ask him next time. Chris Kampka, you are the best. Thanks so much for the time. Have a great week and happy fourth, okay? All right. You too, Speaks. All right, buddy. Thank you. That's Chris Kampka, the Sultan of Staff from NBC Sports Chicago. Oh, I love that guy. Uh, Chris Kampka, one of my guests. Mick Gillespie from the Cubs AA Smokies. Mark Willard from San Francisco Radio Station 95.7 The Game. Rob Bradford from WEI. What a fun baseball show on Hit and Run today. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Please uh, enjoy responsibly and enjoy the ball games. Cubs Red Sox will be coming up at 1.20 or so right here. Pre-game at 12.45. White Sox and Giants thereafter. It's Connor Seabold and Keegan Thompson for the Red Sox and the Cubs. Lucas Giolito and John Brebbia for the White Sox and the Giants. Cody Decker is next with Down the Line. Thank you, Sean Sears. Great job today. Happy 4th to you. And everybody, I am off tomorrow from Parkinson Spiegel. We'll be back on Tuesday. Have a great holiday and enjoy your baseball. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.